Welcome back to another episode of the Executive Code Podcast. If you're new to our podcast, be no harm in checking out our website, www.paulwilliamdavis.com. And on that website, you'll find other ways of how you can connect with us, find other resources. Our online community as well is available on our website as well. So, and you can also watch us on YouTube. And again, all the links are on our website. And again, also, if you're new or even an existing listener of our podcast, no harm to give us a review or give us a five-star rating if you really enjoy the content that we're sharing because in doing that it helps to reach more and more people and that's our aim with this podcast so i'm joined here again with nicole and she's got more questions that she wants to get asked answered so nicole what have you got so paul even before the pandemic when more people started working from home there was a sense that most meetings were a waste of time and a top barrier to productivity why do you think that is and how can employers and managers ensure that they're not hurting their organization's productivity? Okay, this is actually something I come across quite regularly in the business consultancy side of things that I, I, I've been involved in. As you know, I've been business consultants in my own business for nearly 22 years now. And when I'm going into companies and helping them either from a culture perspective or from turning them around or helping them to develop, grow and scale, meetings is something that I come across very, very regularly. So when I'm meeting with a team, and the individuals, the management team, and, and, and people within the, the organization and the company, it's one of the things that they actually flag up as being an issue within the company. As in, there's too many meetings, the meetings go on, there's no, there's no purpose to them, there's no rhyme or reason to them. And a lot of people give out about the actual meetings that do actually take place in, in, in the organization itself. So it's actually very, very common. And um, it's not just a, a, a pandemic or a pre-pandemic issue. It's, it, it's literally in a lot of businesses and a lot of organizations. For, for many, many years. And what typically gets down to is they actually don't know how to run meetings. And um, because the problem is there's an art to actually running meetings. What generally happens is that something arises within the company or within the organization, and they've got an issue that they need to address. And therefore, somebody comes up with a bright idea, let's establish a group, let's establish a meeting, and let's come together to talk through the actual issue that they're actually um, wanting to work on. And then they go from that meeting to the next meeting to the next meeting to the next meeting. And before you know it, it's the meeting has actually lost its focus, it's lost its purpose, and it just rolls into the next meeting to the next meeting to the next meeting. And by the time you're finished, there's so many different groups that are set up within the company and so many different meetings. And you'll find a lot of people are literally going from one meeting to the next meeting to the next meeting with very little break in between and very little time to actually focus on, on, on doing the work. But the bottom line is, and not a lot of people, and so I'm going to say this with the highest respect, so I'm going to preempt that. So I trained as a management accountant. That's, that's what I trained. And we were never taught how to actually run meetings. And the reason why I'm saying that is because you can take any other profession that's out there, whether it be engineering, architecting, uh, accountancy, whatever profession that you want to take. And no matter what degree that you go through or business school that you go through, they never actually tell you how to run efficient meetings. So it's something that I have to learn. It's something I have to develop outside of, of my, my main degree, if, if that makes sense. So when I'm going into companies and I'm teaching them for one of a word or, or letting them know how to actually run effective meetings, there's a number of different elements. And one of them is you've got to have a purpose for the meeting. There has to be a focus of why you're having the meeting in the first place and what it is that you're looking to achieve. Now, meetings tend to start off that way in the sense of they do have an element of focus, 
but then that focus starts to disappear after a number of different meetings. So it's constantly making sure that you are looking at that focus and what's the purpose of the mission itself. Once you've got the purpose and once you've got the focus, then there's a number of different things in order to make the missions run effectively. So when I'm running meetings, I typically take on the chairperson role when I go into a company. And it, I take on that role purposely for the point of view of making sure that the missions are run very, very effectively. And then after a period of time, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm teaching the people around the table or mentoring the t- people around the table in how to actually chair the mission itself. So the chairperson role is so really critically, vitally important in actually running the mission itself. And because you have to make sure everything is kept on track. Now, after a period of time, then I hand over the chairperson role and then they get to experience what it's like to actually to run the missions and therefore they're developing their skills in actually running missions. So the chairperson is the one that says that's one vital role. The next one, believe it or not, and nobody has one in typically missions that I attend, is a timekeeper. Now, the role of the timekeeper is obviously to keep track of time. So you might have the mission start at a particular time, but it's also got to finish at a particular time. And that's done for, particular, for, for various reasons. One is if you're not starting on time, well, then what you'll find is that people will start to attend late to the meetings because they know, well, we don't really get into the main core of the meeting until about 5, 10, 15 minutes after the mission started. So that gives them a little bit of leeway before they actually attend. So when I'm chair, chairing the meeting, I start on time, full stop. And if you're late, you're late. So therefore, that indirectly gets the individuals to understand, no, we actually start on time. And we also have to finish on time. And the reason for that is that people have other missions to go to. They have other things to get through. So um, timekeeper role is the second most next important role within missions. So normally I do that myself anyway, when I'm doing chairperson, but in other companies, I nominate somebody to be the timekeeper. And their whole role is literally to keep a track of time. And then the halfway through the meeting and about 15 minutes before the end of the meeting, they literally call time and they let us know as a group, we've, we've got a half an hour to go, we've got 15 minutes to go. So that's the role of the timekeeper. The next one then is the action recorder. Now, I call it action recorder. The reason being is because we create an action log because meetings have to be about action and not necessarily about, you know, keeping minutes and who said what and what was the activities that took place within the meeting itself. They're of less importance. Yes, they're required for the likes of AGMs or um, you need to keep a record of, of particular meetings, but for the vast majority of meetings that take place in companies, you don't have to keep, keep a record of minutes or who said what. So the action recorder is making sure that we have a clear actions being taken from the mission itself and who's responsible. So I create what, what I call action logs as opposed to minutes. And I don't use the word agenda because as soon as you, word, you, you put together an agenda, people's eyes glaze over. So they kind of say, oh my God, do I really have to go through that agenda? So it's more for me about what's the action log that we're actually going to go through? What are the points we need to discuss? And what are the actions going to follow from that? So in doing that, you're, you're having a conversation, you're having a discussion, but there's three elements that have to form part of the action log for the action recorder. And that's hence the reason why I said, you know, there's an art to running meetings. And that art, A-R-T, stands for what's the action, who's responsible, and what's the time frame. So what do I mean by that? If you're having a conversation, you're having a discussion about what needs to be done, 
and then there's agreed action or actions to be taken, well, then it's a record of those actions. Then it's making sure that there's some person's name beside each one of those actions, because that's the person responsible for making sure that that action is being done. And then there's agreement with that individual as regards the time frame when that action will be done. So that's ART, which stands for Action Responsibility and Timeframe. Once you've got that and you're keeping a record of those different actions, now it forms in an action log. And then for the next meeting, that action log becomes what people will call the agenda. So that's how I run meetings. And that's how they become a lot more effective in taking action as opposed to just having conversations. The other thing I've seen quite a lot in probably nearly every single company I've gone into is that they will have operational meetings or day-to-day meetings, meaning you know what's the day-to-day operations of the company and so on. And therefore, they're checking in, making sure everybody knows what, what's happening from a production point of view or whatever. So they have operational meetings, but actually what they miss out on is actually running strategic meetings. And strategic meetings is looking at what's the vision for the company, what's the purpose for the company, what are the strategic issues that we want to achieve within the company itself, and therefore, what are the actions being taken in order to move forward along that path of achieving our strategic objectives. So operation meetings are completely separate. So it's actually implementing strategic meetings within the company in order to actually achieve the objectives of the company. Now, are you going to have project team meetings and different subcommissions? You, you will, but they will be the two core meeting structures that I would actually implement within, working within the company itself. And that's, that's what I found will make the organization an awful lot more productive, saving people's time in being at meetings because now it's about the actions as opposed to just talking around and having a conversation. And really, all, all and people end up doing is leave it a meeting, but no real clear purpose or focus of what needs to be done between this meeting and the next meeting. And what a lot of people you know, don't realize is that if a meeting is an hour long, it's not costing the organization or the company just one hour of productivity. It's one hour multiplied by the number of people at the meeting. So, you know, if your team is 10, 10 people and you're meeting weekly, you know, that's 10 hours wasted every week, 40 hours a month. It's a lot of uh, time wasted. Companies just paying people to sit at meetings, not really working on anything or producing anything for the company. And now at Zoom meetings, you know, sometimes participants are not focused on the task at hand. They're distracted by things around them at home or they're on other websites unrelated to the meeting. Someone actually told me it now takes his team two to three hours to problem solve over Zoom meetings instead of less than an hour in person previously. Yes, there's a lot of things that have been lost with Zoom meetings as opposed to physical meetings. And that's where there, there has to be a blend of both. There's better ways of achieving what you want to achieve in either a physical meeting or, or a virtual meeting. So it just depends on the purpose of the meeting in the first place anyway. One, one thing that I've, I've come across and I have seen this um, been implemented a few different times, and it has been proven to be highly productive. And that is whereby most people will set a meeting at on the hour or the half hour. So they might set it for, say, 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock or 10.30 or 11.30 as opposed to setting the time, the start time for the meeting to be at an odd time. So for example, that could be 9.50 or it could be 10.20 or 2.15. It's changing the time of the actual meeting itself, but also the duration of the meeting. 
So rather than saying, okay, we're going to have a 30-minute meeting or a one-hour meeting, we may actually say, no, we're going to have a 40-minute meeting or we're going to have a 15-minute meeting. So it's changing and playing with the times itself. And I'm seeing a lot of really, really positive results from people actually implementing that particular strategy when it, when it comes to meetings as well, whether it be physical or whether it be virtual. So you're saying it's more efficient that way because they know, you know, they only have 40 minutes rather than even 45 or an hour because they know some of it is going to be wasted just with small talk and getting people warmed up and icebreakers and stuff like that. It, it's that. And also you're becoming a little bit more alert to because you, you kind of, OK, right. So the meeting's going to start at two o'clock. So you're, you're less connected in, in advance of that meeting. But when it's an odd time, you kind of become a little bit more alert to, or I need to be there by such and such time because for whatever it does in, in, in the mind, it actually increases your alertness and therefore you're also focused on um, if it is well, if, it, if it's not time that you're going to finish that, you're more focused on actually achieving the different things that you want to achieve within the mission itself. Yeah, definitely sticks out in your in your mind if you're, you're meeting at, you know, 2.12 instead of 2 o'clock. Um, but, you know, maybe it's somewhat easier also to uh, engage in small talk. Maybe it feels more natural, which adds to the time spent in a meeting. It may or may not be a waste of time, right? But it definitely extends the time uh, that a meeting goes on, um, although it does eliminate technical issues, which could also cause virtual meetings to go on longer than expected. I, I think there, there is a place for it, but there is this is where the chairperson role comes into play. You know, that first five minutes or so of a meeting starting, yes, it's everybody come together and getting around the table and, and making sure that they're settled and they have all their notes and all that kind of things. So there is a lot to be gained from even just that five minute social part, because the bottom line is, it's about connecting with the other people around the table. So there is a huge advantage from that perspective. But the chairperson role is to make sure that now you transition from that social piece into, okay, now we're here for the business. And as that transition from, you know, what I've seen happen is that that social piece can go on quite long. And therefore, now you're shortening the amount of time that's available for actually dealing with the, the, the focus or the purpose of the mission itself. What you'll find for a lot of people where they've got so many meetings in their diary, and that's all they do is go from meeting to meeting to meeting. They will be very focused and they will literally have five-minute meetings or 10-minute meetings. There's no, there's no room for chit-chat. There's no room for social side of things. It's literally, what's the question? What needs to be answered? And then moving on to the next the next person on the next meeting. Um, so it depends on, on what you want. And again, it gets back to, to, to the point I said at the beginning. It depends on the purpose of the mission itself. And once you got the po- purpose and the focus for the meeting, well, then now that dictates how, whether it's, it's a live or a virtual meeting and how that mission needs to be run. It's not that you run every single meeting exactly the same way and they all have to be one hour long meetings and so on. It's, it's making sure that you have it right um, suited for the purpose of the meeting itself. That's where the chairperson role comes in because it's important that a meeting, you know, a serious meeting, whether in person or virtual, doesn't become a social event where people are just chatting about their weekend or their vacation plans, right? And it gets so off track that, you know, you've wasted like half the t- meeting time, the scheduled meeting time, and now you only have half an hour to work on the actual stuff that you need to. Um, my experience as a corporate employee at you know both big and small companies is that they like having, well, at least the ones I worked at, they like having uh, 15 to 30 minute team meetings at the start of each workday, all team meetings or whoever's in the office that day. 
going around the room and each person stating what they're working on that day and what they need help with. Then, you know, if you need to meet with other people, a small group of people during the day that's scheduled separately, of course, but, um, you know, the employers, the, yeah, the employers I work for, they like doing that kind of like a group huddle just so, so we can see where everyone is at the start of each day. And of course, it also depends on the nature of the job and its requirements because, you know, as an airline pilot, it's almost impossible to attend team meetings, whether in person or virtual uh, with our schedule. So information is usually disseminated by email, which also saves us a lot of time not being in meetings. Yeah, absolutely. And so and they're really, really important. So that it helps from a communication perspective. So everybody knows what's going on and what's what everybody's working on. And they tend to be in a lot of companies, they tend to be stand up meetings. So they're kept very, very short. And the whole purpose of, of having stand-up meetings is that somebody doesn't, the people just don't get relaxed into sitting down and having a cup of coffee and all that kind of thing. And into the chit-chat, it's literally, it's, it's very, very focused on what are we actually discussing. So, but they're, they're the day-to-day, they're the operational kind of, kind of meetings that take place. The ones that people lose out on is the strategic meetings. And that's where you're, you're now, if you want to develop and grow the business, that's where the strategic meetings actually really, really come into play more so. Do you think it's important to include um, not just like management and the decision makers, but also the, you know, the media, the middle managers and, you know, the new interns and entry level employees to get to see what their ideas are in terms of the strategic direction of the company? It's different forms for for different levels, if you want to call it that way. So, yeah, absolutely. It's it's best to have a cross-section of the people within particular meetings. It just depends on, on the focus of the purpose of the meeting itself. Um, so, for example, you could have strategic meetings whereby it's middle management, for example, that are bringing the projects forward. But within that strategic structure, you now have either sub-teams or sub-groups, and that's now bringing other people or other layers, if you're t- talking about a, a hierarchy within the company you're bringing different people from different layers within the organization to work on those subgroups and subteams. And then they report into the, um, the higher level strategic missions, if that makes sense. So now everybody within the actual organization and not, not everybody, but every layer within the organization is being represented within those um, strategy missions. And that's where there's a huge amount that can be harnessed, which is forgotten about in a lot of companies. There's a huge amount of information and knowledge and innovation and creativity can, that can have to be harnessed when you start to include all the different layers within the company. Excellent. So um, that's how you run meetings, whether it be operational meetings or strategic meetings. Don't forget the acronym ART, which is what's the action, who's responsible, and what's the time frame. And don't forget about the roles that each person plays within the mission itself. And that's to help you in running your meetings. And maybe if you're involved in attending meetings, whether it be from a social perspective, a local community perspective, or even within your business, either your business that you're an employee within or that you're running your own business, perhaps maybe look at how you're actually running your missions to make them more productive and to get you developing and growing your business or your life in a much, much better and more productive way. But until next time, I wish you every success.